I needed to do it. And she wanted to get married before she starts this big job transition that she's going through. And were things better at that point? Or were then they things so were really bad? bad, but I was, I felt like I had to do it because she was like, you have to do this. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello everyone. As you can see from the running time of this episode, it is a juicer, one to sit down and really dig your teeth into or take in little small snacks throughout the day. There's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, Because of that, I'm not going to do a long listener question. I will say if you have a question, please contact us, Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram or Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. Always happy to answer your questions and also take any of your feedback or thoughts from previous episodes and previous listener questions. One thing I will say just because it keeps coming up in my coaching is people who are kind of trying to get over someone and maybe they still work with them or still see them on Instagram and they're like, I'm feeling so good and then I'll see them and it just rips the wound open all over again. I feel horrible. Am I ever going to feel better about this? Especially when they hear the person is now dating someone else or what have you. And to that, I will say the classic Jewish people saying, this too shall pass. Just remember that things do get easier with time. I know it's cliche, but it's true. If you're following them on Instagram, please stop and stop torturing yourself. If you work with them, I know that's really hard, but it will get better. You will love again. They will too, and you're going to hate it. But it's just going to pass, and it's going to get better. And once it does, you're not even going to remember it as being that big of a deal. But right now, I know it's horrible. I hear you, and this too shall pass. All of that said, I'm going to do also a little intro to what this episode is. My dear friend, Elisa, who I've known since college, was having a moment of crisis and contacted me while we were in the middle of recording. What perfect timing. She's going to talk to us about her engagement to her fiancé, Emily, She's set to get married at the time this was recorded. They were set to get married eight weeks out and she was having some doubts about their engagement. So we dug into it. We got into all the little things, which as we know, usually just come out of bigger things. And she was very open and vulnerable with us. So please enjoy. So thank you for joining me. We can cut any of this out at any time. So I'll just say... We were in the middle of recording today when I got a text from you asking you to meet up and talk about something that you're currently going through, which is kind of the bread and butter of this show. So not that I ever take joy in someone else's pain, but a little bit when it comes to good material. No, when it comes to being able to help other people who might be going through a similar thing, and it's just good to hear people talk about real life situations. So fill us in what's going on. You are currently, (laughs) I'll help you out. You're currently engaged. I'm engaged. I'm supposed to get married in eight weeks You're getting married in eight weeks. Supposedly. Supposedly. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, I'm engaged. I'm supposed to get married in eight weeks. Um, I guess that things haven't been going so great and they haven't been for a while. And I think that people tend to, including myself, ignore the early signals of issues and continue to go down paths and the more time you spend it's like economics sunk cost do you know what that is i actually mentioned that in another episode and i was like i think it's a financial term sunk cost i'm not sure but no i do know what you mean the more time you put in you've committed to a relationship you've committed to living together you've committed to getting married at this point so 
Yeah. It so starts every to step feel like feels, you can't. Yeah. Every step feels more and more like you're like, oh, I'm committed to this. And the momentum is behind you. And you're just like, okay, no, I'm doing this. And then, whatever, you know, there's so many forces in these instances. I guess like you think you'll be able to fix it, especially if you're someone like me who tries to fix everything all the time, including myself. Um, <laughs> and you like see the good parts. In pe- and like rightfully so in a good way you see the good parts in people so you're like okay I'll you know that good this good the good stuff is so good we'll make it work um but yeah as there's like as I look back there's like the very obvious things and my best friend who I talked to about this a fair amount was like yeah that thing was very like it was very obvious to her that there were that this wasn't a good idea like quite early on so um It's been a little bit, I like definitely beating myself up, but also like I tend to believe that like people, I can work on things and I can fix things. So like, even though I saw some of these things and they felt kind of minor and I would work on them. Um, But then, yeah, starting in the fall, like things escalate, you get engaged and things somehow feel more serious, stressful, whatever. Did you feel, uh, because I never, you let me know when you guys got engaged you never really told me if you felt pressure to get engaged or where it kind of came from, if it was her idea or your idea. Yeah, I think that I like, <laughs> I think I have a tendency to be a people pleaser. I'm sure you know that about me and I care a lot what other people think. So those are two big drivers of why I'm in this situation. So the first thing was that like, it always feels good in relationships when you feel like gushy and close. So you're like looking for that. And I think I like sometimes get behind the momentum of that. And then... And you're like, I want to prove, I want to prove. And I want to take another step, another step to show how much I care. And so you just keep kind of agreeing to or initiating things to be like, let me show you, let me show you. There's that. And there's also like, you know, people's desire to like have a person. Um, I guess there's a lot of things. And I really love her. So that's, you know... You love her and you love love and you love love. All of those things are facts. And you love, just speaking from knowing you, you you do love uh, being needed and you love taking care of someone and you love being the savior and you do love fixing things. Is this like the top 10 reasons of in this situation? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, I don't even really yet know what the situation is, but I know you and, and I remember when... Uh, you guys moved in together that day. Yeah, so you know. Yes. There were like these warning signs. That was, so my best friend was saying like, I can't put this in the thing. But like, I think I told you about this thing with the vacuum. Maybe you remember the story. This was like the early, one of the major early warning signs was like, we were moving her out of her apartment. And she was like, oh, maybe I'll have Brian, her ex-boyfriend, come by and like pick up this table and this vacuum that are actually like his his I guess he built the table but he said she could keep it I was like the vacuum seems odd like why do you have Brian's vacuum she's like well his mother gave it to us as a gift and when he left I was like it is mine da, 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 da. and she made the way she presented this it was very much like a there was an entitlement thing mm-hmm. and when she moved in also we were fighting quite a bit and also she we like I tried to set really good I tried my best to not overdo it and to set boundaries by being like you'll pay rent Um, And then when she moved in, she asked to not pay rent, like for the first few months at least, because she was switching jobs or something. It's interesting that she asked that 
after actually move. No, you can drink it. It's fine. Just drink it. You deserve it. You drink. You drink. It's fine. I don't care. We're drinking wine, everyone. Um, It's okay. Okay. We're not restricting wine in this situation. Um, So, you know, just to go with that, like the day I remember the day that she was moving in, we were sitting and drinking wine. And you said it will accelerate your um, ability to know if it's the thing. That's what you said. That is true. And I believe, I think when you move in, it speeds up what you would have found out anyway. But even the day she was moving in, you were like, having some concerns about her dependence on you and her entitlement and her expectation of you to take care of things, which is what you do and how you present yourself for sure. Yeah, I'm, I think like, hopefully I have learned that lesson finally. Takes a few times, yeah. Apparently for me, it takes 35 fucking years. Uh, That is better than 95 years. You know, on the upside, like I think I have always really cared what other people think. I tend to have like, I don't know, a lack of like confidence <laughs> and Emily is very confident and doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks and I I think that I like have admired that about her and also that she has like really pushed me to like take take my space and ask for what I need in the world and not care and that's been really great it just the challenge has been that she does that a lot and there are moments where she decides that she should have what she wants and needs and kind of like tramples all over me so when we're on the same side of the fence, it's actually great. But when I'm on the other side, it's like a disaster. So we, last time I saw you was a few months ago. And you were in the midst of planning this amazing wedding. Yes. Um, and the two of you seemed so in love and so great. But also, it was there was a, there was a very marked intensity to it. And there was a very marked, like, kind of speed the two of you were going at, which I think some of that is like excitement about a wedding, but also seemed kind of this like, almost like a battle to be like, and we're doing this and, and, and just like this kind of proving, proving. And I don't know if you were proving to me or to each other or fighting for power, but I definitely, it was intense. It was an intense feeling. So I don't know. And then I, we texted a couple of weeks ago and I said, how's wedding planning? And you said, stressful. So... Is that where this is coming from? Like, can no? So yeah, like let's just be. I guess get clear. So like, I think we saw you in October. October. I think it was October. So like, all of September was when we started to really fight. I think either we were in a really shit place when we saw you, and we were trying to (laughs) be like we're okay, Um, or we had just come out of the shitty place for a little bit, and we were trying to be like we're okay. Regardless, everyone wanted to be okay, Um, and. Yeah, um, that was like definitely an aspect of it. Basically, you asked like so. Basically, you asked like, was there pressure to get engaged? And the answer is that like I had initially been like, we're gonna do this because I want to do this. And then I like sort of talked to her parents about it over the Christmas last year, and um, that was whatever. That was fine. Whatever. Once. They were like, okay, you guys have not been dating that long. It had been like a year, but they were supportive overall. And then like things got bad right after that. So we were not in a very good place. Then in April of last, like in March and April of last year, she like started to pressure me a lot that like we should, that I needed to do it. And she wanted to get married before she starts this big job transition that she's going through. And were things better at that point or so were they So then things still were really bad? bad, but I was, I felt... 
like I had to do it because she was like, you have to do this thing that you said you were going to and I want you to, well, I want to get married before this thing. And we like got in this really big fight. We were in couples therapy. We like tried to talk about it. And then like things got better. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this thing. We're going to do this thing. I'm doing this thing. And I also felt pressure to do it before this big life transition of hers and to make her happy. Um, so I did, I, I proposed in July and then like you, all of, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, these, like, it's the funniest thing I think about relationships is like people kind of know that something isn't working, but you, for whatever reason, decide that you're going to like believe it's working. Yeah. Right. Well, partially, I think, like you said, because we're trying to get back to when it was good and we just keep thinking, especially people like us who are, um, fixers and fighters and hard workers that were like, you know, I'm gonna just keep going. And if I put the work in and I believe in it and I keep at it and we try everything, eventually those good times will come back and we'll get there. And I just need to work hard enough. And we're also, we don't want to give up on two years, one year, whatever it is that we've already put in. Yeah, I I agree. And I think like on my end, I also just have a really hard time like remembering what my needs really are. I just get wrapped up in what someone else is feeling and wanting and I forget like what I'm really feeling or wanting. Um, So that's what I've been mainly working on. And then what I think what happened is like in September, things kind of like snapped for me where I was like, no, I've got to like, like my needs became bigger than my desire to please. And I was like this, I started to say more about things I was not happy about. And with that's the why. wedding planning or with everything with your it was partially with wedding planning like our finances got really out of control and I do make like a good amount of money but like we were spending more than I was bringing in and I was feeling really uncomfortable and I tried to talk to her about it and she wasn't wow she was just like spending all the money um so that made me really uncomfortable I didn't feel safe anymore in the relationship for that reason and a bunch of other things and yeah we had these like really really like insane fights and then we decided I think the the funny thing is like now we're eight weeks from this wedding and I'm like, I'm probably gonna have to cancel this wedding. And all along I've been like, well, I can't cancel this because everyone knows it's happening because I care so much what other people think. Yeah. And I just like, that's also like a big aspect for me because you know, I care way too, way too much. But like I said, I've cared a lot less and I just like, I just like don't care. I don't care that like my old boss is coming to this and like 500, like 150 people are coming to this. It just feels like a lot of pressure, but I'll ultimately like, I've got to make myself happy. So that's why I'm where I am. But yeah, you're probably wondering like what the actual problem is. <laughs> so like, I mean, it's, it's somewhat clear. And I do want to say like, I'm so happy to hear you say, finally, your own needs got more important than making someone else happy. Because I think a lot of people are afraid they're going to stay in a relationship forever even if they're unhappy and I, some people do, but I think luckily when you're a smart, self-reflective person, even if it's hard, it gets to the point where you're like, it is hard, but you know, what's harder is being in this. And I think it sucks to let down 150 people. It sucks to cancel something you've been working on. I don't know if you're going to do that. We're not to that, but your happiness is the most important and those people are people who love you and they would not want you to be unhappy just so they could go to a party you promised them you know yeah agreed exactly and better than like doing the party and then a year later having a divorce I agree I like I don't know I think yeah I think it's hard to 
it's hard to sort all these things out. I think like the thing that happens is the fights are like the day to day. Like this week, for example, I went like Emily was out of filters for coffee. Like Mm -hmm. she makes her coffee in the Chemex. If I'm up and I'm working from home, I'll make her coffee. She had said the day before, like, I ordered these filters from Amazon. They haven't come. She was kind of agitated. And I was like, it was the next day. And she had gone to the gym and I was, and it was raining. And I'm in a very, I was in like the past two or three weeks have actually been, since I started working, I've been very like good about setting boundaries around work, but it's been really stressful. Mm-hmm. I had like three big meetings I had that I was running and my job is like pretty serious. Right. So I had a lot going on um, and I had like, wasn't on much sleep and it was raining. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk down the block. We have a blue bottle, like a block away from the house. I'm going to go down the block and grab her filters for her Chemex while she's out because it would be a nice thing to do. And she wants her, I'm sure she's going to want her coffee. I think I'm doing something nice. So nice. So nice. That's so nice. I'm so really nice. nice. I, we've all prayed for someone like you. Like I like, so nice. I do those, you know me. Like yes, that's the I kind do. of fucking yes. thing I will do for like. Yes. Any, friend or literally like my anyone. lover, whoever. <laughs> yes, that's like how I am. It's like, I'll it is, do it. It is the upside of being friends yeah. with me. Like, yeah. There certainly, well, there are many. But. Yeah, you're very kind. I mean, I certainly, we all have our, like, um, <laughs> we all have our strengths and weaknesses. That's one of my strengths. So I went down to go get it in the rain, put on rain boots. It's crazy rain in LA lately, which is just baffling. But anyway, I did it. Went to Blue Bottle, found this box, checked it against Amazon. Like, we are trying to save money right now. We've been spending a bunch of money on this wedding. I was like, all right, I'm going to check this against the Amazon price. It was cheaper than going to buy it on Amazon. So wow. I would have bought an $8. Anyway, great deal. Great deal. I mean, I am Jewish. So anyway, um, don't put that on the air. No. Uh, anyway, or do whatever. Maybe, whatever. I uh, probably will. It's fine. Anyway, so I'm leaving after paying and I get a text from her that's like, hey, do you want any blue bottle? So I call her and I'm like, hey, are you coming from the gym? Like, so crazy. I was just in Blue Bottle. I just went to go buy you these filters. And she was like, why? Why did you go buy these filters? And I was like, what What do you mean? Like, I went there and I actually checked the price. Like, it was great. Are you here now? Like, where are you? She's like, well, I was going to go there and get my own coffee because we're out of filters today. And I was like, I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Like, what? So this, like, really backfired and then she claimed like she tried to make it about like i'm not understanding her needs which i could not have predicted um no but you did predict i was trying she needed filters and it's not like she's gonna stop needing filters if you have twice as many filters she criticized me saying she had ordered them and now we had too many i'm like and then she said we're trying to save money and the coffee would have been four dollars and the filters are eight and then i was like that is not long i hate to be a condescending (laughs) bitch but sorry that does not make any sense sorry anyway so tried to like let that one roll off. I tried to talk to her when she, we both came home and I was like, da, 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 tried to talk to her about like, hey, that didn't make me feel very good. She wasn't super kind about it. And I ended up being like, make your own fucking coffee then, which cool. was really a healthy way to deal with the situation. Um, it definitely so. sounds just from that. And there may be more, but um, I'll just stop you there and say, you know, that wouldn't be that big of a deal to people stressed out about planning a wedding, okay? But it, it definitely sounds like the kind of thing where it's like, this pattern has been building up for a while and that's what's eating at you now and you've stuck with it and stuck with it and stuck with it. And then even you, the sweetest, kindest, most generous, thoughtful, patient person has a limit. And once that limit is reached, it is reached and there's not really going back from that. Yeah, like to your to your point, like the thing that I keep 
coming back to with all these little tiny things is like, this is the littlest thing. And for me, like, I just want to roll through it easily. Mm-hmm. And the thing that happens is she does not like to be wrong. She, yeah. She doesn't want to address not even like, I don't try to make her feel wrong or shamed, but like if I have a need or like something that I feel isn't being met and some, or something is bothering me and I try to talk about it even very nicely, like it does not go well. <laughs> and so that is like where the disconnect is. And then she like somehow manipulatively like turns these types of things on me and makes it seem like I'm not listening to her. Yeah, that's... Yeah, sorry. No, that's... I mean, that's like classic manipulation slash gaslighting slash... But then she claims I'm gaslighting her. No. And I like literally was feeling insane. And the thing that put it into focus... So like September was when I started to like be like, oh, wow, like actually some things really feel off kilter and I need to like get things in order. Once I started speaking up, it became really painful on the day to day with her. Like everything just escalated so fast. And one particular fight that we had was that we had been in these fights all week and we were supposed to go see A Star is Born because she loves Lady Gaga. So let's take that out. But we were, <laughs> so we'd been in fights all week. We we're supposed to go see a movie uh, with my friend and one of my very good friends. And I worked really hard to like build a lot of good friendships in LA, especially after a bunch of my friends moved. I think I like talked to you about this around that time. And I like moved out of LA for a little bit sort of and came back and all that. So these friendships are really important to me. Anyway, we'd been fighting all week. We're supposed to go see this movie with my friend. And I was basically like, I'm not up for this. Like, I don't want to go see this movie. Um, And she and this, she really likes this friend like a lot. And she, I basically said I wasn't up for it. And then she said I was punishing her and that it, it was her friend, too, and she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Okay. So she basically ended up going to the movie without me with my friend. No way. Yeah, way. And I was like, I felt totally violated. Yeah. And she feels that I am purposely trying to cut her off when I'm in a bad mood because I'm punishing her, which is like, the amount of work I have to do to unwind these things is really exhausting, and I just, like, am having a really hard time. Anyway, so... All this stuff happened with this friend. Was couples therapy helpful to you guys at all? We're like, did you it. get somewhere there? We're still doing it. And we'll go again on Monday. Um, she's like really, I'll tell you what happened and then yeah. you'll see why it hasn't been that yeah. useful. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we got through the fall and I was like, okay, maybe things will be okay. And just when I think things are like kind of going okay, um, we were supposed to have our bridal shower in New York, December 1st. And it was also her birthday. And we were flying her mom to New York, which I am essentially paying for, sure. giving on my miles. Yeah. And it's her mom's first time coming to New York. And it was both of their birthdays on December 1st. So this is an important weekend of bridal shower plus their birthday celebrating in New York. We're going to go see Hamilton. Like I got to say, you love to just raise me. I love to throw a party. That's why I need to have this wedding in eight weeks. <laughs> You're like, how can I make this more intense for myself? How can I put the pressure on as high as possible? Yes. Um, no, I mean, I really like... I cannot wait for you to turn into, like, a stoner hippie after this. Like, honestly, I, like, really am trying to learn how to just calibrate myself a little better. And even in this relationship, I did much better. You did. You did. You did. You've come a long way. Actually, like, today, like, I called one of our old friends, Carrie, and I was, like, crying about this. Right, right. I texted you, like, shortly thereafter, I think. 
And I was like, I hate this because I just feel like I keep doing this to myself. Like you, you can't, bl- you can blame everyone, but like, honestly, the pattern is me. Like I date these people, they treat me poorly. The pattern, it's good to take ownership. Like it that's is. what I do. It's really good to take ownership. And I stay when things are not good. I you still stay. Yes. And it's really good you're seeing this. And I know that this is horrible and not fun, but I also know that sometimes people have to learn the same lesson 50 times and it has to get this bad to really take a step back and say, I'm going to do things differently. I'm not going to do this anymore. And it it can take three or four or five people to make you be like, I mean, yes, it's them, but I'm picking them. And my picker is wrong. Like, I need to recognize these signs earlier. And when I do, because you did, I need to say, I'm not going down that road again. Yes, because like what happens is, in this instance, what happened was like every time, like she would say to me, like, you committed to that. You said you would do X. And then I'd be like, okay, I feel like, I feel like I'm letting this person down. I feel like I have to do this thing. Like, I don't want to be a bad person that goes back on my commitment that I said we would get engaged or like that I said we would move in or that I said da, 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 da. And I don't want, like, then I just get in my head. And like, that's why I think the difference hopefully is that I'm like, no, I've learned to like realize like, no, but this is my need and this is how I feel. And that's my true North anyway. So I'm not gonna forget the need. Even I'm not gonna let someone else like pull me around. Well, I think, I think the difference is the commitment needs to be to yourself. Like you said, your true north. It has to be number one commitment to myself. Number two commitment, sure, to the other person. But when it's my commitment says this and theirs says this and I'm going with theirs, that's the problem. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think it's hard because like that, that example of like the movie or, the coffee or whatever, these things are so minor. So you're like, well, maybe I should have and da da da. And you like go through all this thing in your head of like wanting to, uh, for me, I'm very like, let me understand what that, where that other person was coming from and blah, blah. And you know, it turned out she was pissed about something I'd said the day before. And so what happened, like, but at a certain point, so what happened in December, mm-hmm. like was so big that it really put things in perspective. Oh yeah. So, tell so us about basically December. this, we had this plan to have this bridal shower and the whole thing. And <laughs> And the whole thing. And then my grandmother, who was 103, had a stroke. Oh, gosh. Like, the day after Thanksgiving. So, my mom flew down to Florida to be with her. We're all, all the old, we're all, all the old yeah. Jews sure, are. Sure, sure. Anyway, Typical. my mom flew down to Florida to be with her. And, um, you know, we thought she might be okay. I don't remember exactly how this occurred, but, like, we weren't sure if we were going to cancel this thing or not because it was like Thursday and the thing was Sunday and it was super stressful um and like a family big the the, like those kinds of things put everything into such focus because it's crystal clear that like the most important thing is my mom and my grandma right now right Mm -hmm. okay so she decided that she was really didn't decide she became very upset Mm -hmm. because we decided to cancel this weekend she She did did decide decide. (laughs) She was like, I'm going to throw a tantrum now because that's how I get my way. Yeah. She did decide. But in this instance, there's like literally nothing. Like my mom was throwing the party for her friends. We didn't invite any of our friends. It was a party for all of my mom's friends, Mm -hmm. bridal shower in New York. Mm -hmm. We didn't invite anyone. And her mom and her and you. Yeah. And her mom was Mm -hmm. coming. But like we didn't invite, I literally didn't invite any friends. It was for her friends. So when my mom went down there and was like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're going to be able to do this right now. 
I had to tell her like, hey, like we're not gonna be able to do this. And she was pissed that like it was ruining her birthday and it was so important. Like she didn't communicate this at first. I think she almost like tried to use this as an excuse, but she was like, it's letting my mom, I feel like I'm letting my mom down. Because, it was because your grandma had a stroke. Yeah. Okay. So then I had to feel bad. We had this big fight. Um, Which so like, that, that is the time that your partner should step in and support you and say, what do you need? Bridal showers and birthdays can happen another time. Exactly. Yes. So she behaved in like a really, a way that I like, I was just like, this is, I'm very good at putting other people's needs first, as we know. Mm-hmm. But like, I was being pulled in like the direction of like my mom's needs and her needs. And I was like, now I'm caught in the middle and I clearly have to choose my mom right now. Like, this is such an important family event. So she was really unhappy with me and like making a fit over everything. And then she, we got in like a bigger and bigger fight. Basically everything became a fight, like going into the weekend. I was debating whether to fly out there. I ended up not flying out for that weekend. Um, She was like, I want to book a spa day. And then I texted back, like, we've been talking about money a lot. So I said, you know, money is like the biggest thing ever. Like, I'm sure you talk about this all the time. I said, that's great. Let's just make sure that like, we decide on like how much to spend on a spa day. And then she was furious with me and was like, I I should have autonomy over money. This is a big thing. Over your money. Yeah, She she, should have autonomy. And there are like 5x what she makes or something. Yeah, but it's still your money. She feels really... And you guys are planning a pretty big, expensive wedding. Yeah. And I've been stressed and I had had all these talks with her. So she, but her response to all these talks has been like, I don't have any autonomy. I don't have any autonomy over the money. And like, you get to decide if you want to like, decide we're going to go to Palm Springs, but I don't and da, da, da. Yeah, because it's your money. Finances, which I am stupid. Anyway, so basically that turned into a big fight going. I basically was miserable her whole birthday. And she will tell you like I ruined her birthday, which like... I'd say she ruined her birthday. I thought I could get through it without talking to her about it. So I was trying to just like get through the birthday so that she couldn't claim I ruined it because I was ready for her to use that against me. So then she still won on me ruining her birthday because it didn't go super well. And then I was like, okay, well, probably this isn't good. (laughs) So so we ended up in this big fight, but we were going to couples therapy when talked about it. I tried to like give her the benefit of the doubt. I thought we worked through some of it. Okay. But my grandmother is now in, in the, it, at that present moment in December was in the hospital, like hardly conscious. My mom basically went to Florida and like lived there for the month of December. I ended up going down, spending like the, a long weekend, yada, yada, like all of this. And, um, it was getting closer and closer to Christmas, mm. which is not a holiday for my family. It was a very big deal for her and her family. And we have like now been going to her family's house for Christmas and we had plans to be there. Of course, my grandmother like was taking a turn for the worse. And we ended up having to go down to Florida like a few days before Christmas. And the idea we had was like, we'll go down a few days before. And if honestly, like if she passes away earlier in the week, like, I basically told her, like, I still think it would probably be okay for us to leave and go down and be with your family on a holiday as long as there's, like, a few days. But I honestly wasn't that comfortable with that even, and I should have never said that. But I was trying to be a people pleaser because she was very – I could tell she was agitated. And so then we go down there, and my grandmother does die. 
And my sister is down there with her husband. It was a tough, tough December. Um, and my sister is down there with her husband, and they don't get along. Um, and my mom was down there with her boyfriend, who stayed down there with her the entirety of December. And my sister's husband was like a fucking saint about it, taking care of the kids, doing anything that needed. They all, ever, all of them, had to, ended up staying until like almost New Year's, and no one said boo, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But of course, like you can imagine what I'm about to tell you, which is that was not the case in my instance. Like what happened was that I, I like, I felt so caught. This is, this is where I make the mistake because I can feel how unhappy this person is and I get really caught up in how they're feeling. And I'm like, okay, she's really unhappy that like days have passed and I'm not sure if we're going to be able to leave for Christmas because my mom is really upset and we have to do the funeral. And actually it's all going to take a little bit of time. And amidst this, all sorts of drama was occurring, of course, because it's my family. So like it was very hectic and it didn't, it wasn't feeling like it was getting resolved. And then I just like put a line in the sand and said like, well, the funeral's on Friday. We can fly on Sunday. It will probably be okay. Let's book it. Let's commit to that. I told my mom, she was sort of like, I, this is where I just, I shouldn't have done that because like things were too tenuous. But I was too scared to make her upset. So I made that commitment, which was a mistake. And then the day before we left, we were down in like the hot tub with my mom by the pool. And my mom, I was talking to my mom about going and she started crying. And I was like, oh, fuck, we can't. Like, I can't leave. And apparently Emily wasn't like in the mix on the conversation. So when I turned to her and was like, hey, I can't really... I've got to stay here. Sorry. Like, this isn't going to work. And she's like freaked out, stormed out of this hot tub, went upstairs, was furious, like wouldn't, was furious with me. I just don't understand now on multiple occasions her need when it's, you're clearly going through something emotional, her need to hijack the situation with her emotions being bigger and better and badder than yours. Indeed. This is a problem. (laughs) It's a problem. So basically, yeah. So basically, it became like about her, Mm -hmm. for sure. And like, she woke me up in the middle of the night crying. And I had to like comfort her. I'm sorry, did she have a death in the family? Or was it just a normal Christmas? Like, I know Christmas is important to families. But like, you can't control when your partner is going to have something happen in their life. And your job is to be there for them. Yeah, and my mom... Like, my family was aware, so I'm, like, also trying to, like, cover for her. It was a really stressful moment for me. I think, like, on her end, like, this is where I have a hard time because I'm so understanding of what, uh, like, I'm just too empathetic. Like, I get very caught up in what other people are feeling. So, like, her parents would change the game on her a lot when she was young and, like, what was okay one day wasn't okay the next day and decisions would change and a lot. And so it's, like, very triggering for her to feel like something changed and... Yeah, but something changed. You had a death in the family is what changed. Like she should have, the moment that happened, she should have been like, whatever you need, I'm here for you. I'm flexible. That's how I feel. Christmas happens every year. This doesn't happen every year. So I'm flexible. It's interesting because I was talking to someone recently who is going through a divorce and it's because things were really, really bad in crisis And then they started getting better and they didn't know how to handle the good times. And I said, you know, like, I think it's a false thing that you have to be able to get through the bad times. I think it's just important to be able to get through the good times. But actually, in your situation, I'm like, you guys are probably great in good times. But 
the bad times also do show the kind of bond that you have. You don't want your whole relationship to be bad times, but death in the family, things like that, you get really stressed out at work. Yeah, that's when your partner needs to show up for you. Yeah, I think like a few things masked like some of these issues early on, which is that like we have a lot of common things that we enjoy. Like right. we both love theater and food and 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 and. Mm-hmm. So we were con- we constant and I am such a like let's plan a thing, let's do a thing. So and you're both such like intense yes people and, and like top 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 it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like, when things are good, we're in like great almost fantasy land with each other of like everything is so great and I love this person because they totally get in they mm-hmm. get my reference and they you know like like I said when I saw you guys in October talking about the wedding obviously not knowing there was any trouble the the feeling come about coming off of you was like speed and intensity of just like it's so great it's so great it's so great and we're doing this 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 this, this. although I did notice a few times she turned to you and was like why are you asking her opinion this is between us and I was like Oh, it's so weird yeah. to like call someone out in front of I think their friend. In a bad place right yeah, now. and she does that. Like, so this yeah, is the big thing. that is very triggering is to be like put down or mm-hmm. like not because, like, as we said, like I can be a little bit insecure. So, like, I don't like being put down in front of my friends. No one but, like, likes being put down in front know, of their like, friends. Even little things. Yeah, but that's not little. I mean, just so you little, know. Yeah, I'm, well, I don't know. Like that. Why are you asking her? I don't know if that's like a big deal or not. I think it's a big deal. Only because, I don't know, I do think it's those little things that tell a bigger story. And I think when someone wants to talk to you about something, they should wait until you're alone and you have a private moment. You know, they don't need to call you out in front of your friend, even if it's a close friend like me, to be like, well, why are you asking her? Stop asking her. Like, to be that confrontational in front of a third party. Why are you asking me? Why is she calling you out in front of me? You know, like, you know too so basically she'll say like like there's been a lot of like I shouldn't be quashing her and her big personality she'll like turn it into me not being like accepting of who she is so it's like very difficult to untangle those things and I question myself a lot and or she'll make it about like you're insecure you're such a people pleaser you care why do you care what Dahlia thinks but why do you why why are you mean to me? Right, like, why are you mean? And also, like, why... She doesn't want you to care what anyone else thinks, but she wants everything to revolve around what she thinks. She wants you to stick up for yourself unless it's with her. And yeah. sorry, but you can't have both ways. You can't be like, take your space, ask for what you need, da-da-da, unless it's about what I need, and then what I need is actually more important. Like, no. That's exactly if she's trying to teach you to be stronger, which I appreciate, then she needs to be able to take it, too. Yeah, I, I guess, like, the good thing has been, like I said, like, she's bolstered my ability to be, like, when we're on the same side, it's, like, really helped. Like, I really don't, I didn't care that much coming out of that. I, like, didn't even remember that, truly. But, like, there have been a few instances where I have brought it up and it hasn't gone well. Right. So, like, It's, like, anyway, she's one of those people that it's, like, you don't want her not on your team. She's a great cheerleader if you're on her team. I've just decided, like, with, on that front of, like, being insecure and all that stuff that, like, We've been friends since we were fucking 18. Like, you're not... Right, of course not. Except for I'm going to say, I don't really like how she yelled at my friend in front of me. I don't care that much anymore, which is nice, but it's it's a lot. Like, that's, it's really, that's really hard for me to, like, to not care. Like, I don't know. I think I, like, have always just really worried that, like, 
whoever's not going to like me or whatever it is, you know? So, and she turns that against me, like into like, that's the issue. You care what this person thinks. So like, I shouldn't have to not, this happened very early on too, where like, we went to dinner with one of my straight friends and his wife had just changed her name. And she was expressing like how upsetting it was to change her name, which like, cause she was very attached. She had played basketball. People had called her her last name. And like, I actually totally can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Emily decided that she wanted to like, she's very feminist. Mm-hmm. And she essentially like was like, well then why did you change it? And which is fine. Sure. Fine so far. Sure. The girl like sort of expressed it. You know, like honestly, it's just one of those things where it's just like, straight norms she felt pressure she did the thing um and she didn't express it like that but that is like definitely what it is it's like a straight jewish couple um and emily wasn't happy with the answer and she kept pursuing it and they got in this like really awkward space and it was the first time she met these people then the next day i had to do like all this damage control with my friend because they like were made to feel really uncomfortable at this dinner so i went and talked to her about it and it was like I didn't say anything rude. I didn't say anything wrong. Like you're, you care too much what they think. Um, and because I know that is an issue for me, I like internalized that. And throughout the relationship, I've been like really pushing myself to be like, yeah, that that's okay that she, do- that's okay that she does that. Like, actually it's my issue and I need to get more comfortable and I shouldn't, I need to own my space and be okay with things and like, okay with who I am. But actually like, what became really clear as like things blew up in December, I was just like, that's okay that I have to work on that thing. And I also don't need to accept behavior that doesn't feel good. Totally. 100%. But it's so easy, especially when it's your Achilles heel and someone like points out or when someone turns something on you and makes it your fault. It's so easy to be like, I'll work on myself, especially for me because I'm such a people pleaser. So a lot of the dynamic has just been around like, what you're doing wrong. Okay, I'm going to try. Yeah. I'll do this. Yeah. I'll make this change. I'll make that change. And like, I think what happened in September was basically I had made all the changes and then I was like, the only thing left is the things you're doing. Right. And then in December, like this whole thing blew up. So yeah, so basically going back to the December story, like she ended up flying home and leaving and I was really unhappy and I have gotten better at being, standing my ground. So I let her know I was unhappy with it and stood my ground and she went home and like her family kind of, I think, said some things to her about like, that's not okay. Uh, And I think also she knew I was upset. And when she texted me to get the like zing of me being like, love you, miss you, whatever, I was not. Because normally I'll be like, hey, I'm sorry, we're fighting. Even though I'm not, I always will say I'm sorry. So basically I wasn't. And I've learned to stop. Like I really try not to say I'm sorry unless I'm actually like, trying to own something that I need to be sorry for. It's really something I'm working on. Because what happens is I say I'm sorry, then she takes it, she doesn't say she's sorry, and then I'm so resentful. Right. Right? So all the fucking work in the land, right? Like this, everything at once on this relationship. But anyway, I learned a lot in past tense since we're probably breaking up. So anyway, uh, all that to say, she ended up being like, I want to come back. I want to fly back. 
which would have cost a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And also, like, now I have this awkward situation with my family, and she's going to come back, and we might be leaving soon, and it's hectic, and I have to coordinate her. And also then it becomes like, oh, look at this thing I did for you, instead of her having to just own that she messed up, and she owes you an apology, and she shouldn't do it again, and she won't do it again. But if it becomes like, look at me, the savior, I loved you so much, and so I'm flying back, again, she's just not taking responsibility for it. So I said no, and then I flew up to... Montana a few days later to spend New Year's with her up there and a few days with her and her family. Um, and we like, and I wasn't sure where I was going to be at the end of that, but we like talked it out and she made all the, I, it was clear that I was like, sir, like these, these big moments can crystallize. It was just like, Mm -hmm. well, this one's not a, not a like muddy, Maybe I didn't hear you, or maybe you were upset the day before. Like, it's a family crisis. You fucking make sure you put your partner first and that you take care of them. Like, it's the one time that I'm really going to demand that I get put first, Mm -hmm. which I don't do. (laughs) So, like, it was, like, crystal clear. But she, like, apologized. We had all these heartfelt conversations. We had really great makeup sex. You know, all Mm -hmm. the things. So, like... Every night. Um, so, like, I'm, like, and I'm in this mood of, like, okay, you know what? Like, we probably, like, I think we might be able to work through it. She said all the right things. She said, like, what this thing about, like, her family shifting things and that triggers her and da-da-da. But she still seemed to understand that, like, it was a really grave situation and that wasn't an excuse. And she said she was going to, like, I, I've gained, like, this whole language around, like, my needs and this thing that I, like, am clearly very hooked on. And she seemed to get it and... I was like, okay, like maybe we can work through it. Um, so we like went back home and um, like we're going to therapy, like I said. And so I, I had, I was like very on the fence. Um, and I like, um, I said, I was like thinking about calling the wedding off um, even after that. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, that's, those are big things to say, but like, I don't want to ha- I d- how do I know you're going to follow through on that? Because this wedding is in April. Right. Like, I need time to see that it's actually going to be the case. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you have to take a leap of faith. This is, like, the way, like, you have to believe me or, like, what are we doing? Like, we've committed to this. No, that's not how it works. I hear you, girl. You You don't, like, stick with your commitment and do a leap of faith when it's something like, Marriage, which you have every option not to do. Yes. You have no requirement to take a leap of faith if what has led up to it shows you not to. So I basically said, like, that I was thinking of calling it off. And then she basically did this big, here's your ring back. If you, like, want to do this, and then this was, like, first weeks of January. Mm-hmm. I think we, like, saw you on the street shortly after that and I like honked at you oh I think you honked at me yeah I was like hell yeah anyway so yeah it was like around that time like right before that so basically like I I was like okay like she basically made me she was like this ring means something and it means that you accept me for who I am and all that I am and if we're gonna like do this you need to decide and blah 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 and she also sort of she didn't want to admit that she didn't want to put the wedding on hold, but then it became clear once I said I did that she didn't feel – she was really pissed about it. And then she basically made clear that she like, pretty much thought we'd probably, like, have to break up if we were not going to do the wedding because it would be such a breach of my commitment to her. You know, what it really is is where she cares what people think about her. You're not the only one. She was probably like, I don't want people to know we're having trouble. I want everything to look perfect and rosy. Yeah. So now what? 
Yeah, so basically I, w I decided to take the leap of faith, which was, and, and, and this is where like all of those things around like, God, that's so public. And like, there were like a few factors. I was like, this is really public. I'd rather not do this. And then it was like, if she had said all these, she had said all these right things, da, 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 da. And if we're going to get married anyway, like postponing this seems stupid. Except and that then I you have the opportunity her. to figure out if you actually should get married. Well, and I, fe I felt like it was going to hurt her so much. Ultimately, like the biggest thing is probably like, why hurt this person that I love a lot and will marry um, if, if that's what we're going to do? Like, I don't want to hurt this person if that's what we're going to end up doing. Which is like a very illogical... Very backwards. <laughs> yeah, I hurt her, so she doesn't want to do this, so I should really do this because otherwise I'm hurting her. We're Once again, putting her feelings way before yours. I don't want to hurt her, so let me just do something I'm not comfortable with. Whereas like, you could have just said, I want to make sure we work through this. Yeah, she said like all the right things and I decided... I don't know, you know, like it was like this moment and I'm I, like, I go to therapy, I talked mm -hmm. about it and I just decided like, no, it's, it's okay. Yeah, totally. Which I don't know why I do that, but I did. That's like illogical. But, but it's also like totally logical because we're like, I'm, I've made this decision. These things are happening. I want this to work. It's been good before. I wouldn't have asked this person to marry me if I didn't really want that and think would be okay. I must want it. So I'm just going to move forward. I'm just having whatever fears are normal and we're, we're, we'll work through whatever it is. You get married because you think you can work through whatever comes your way. So makes sense that you were still believing that. Yeah. And she kept saying like, lots of marriage, like when you ratchet up commitment like this, when you're coming towards a wedding, like my therapist is saying, like that's normal for people to get scared. And she was putting it on that. And she was sure. like, you have to be willing to work on things in a marriage. And like, we're going to continue working on things. And I was like, I feel like we have to be able to accept each other as we are now. Otherwise, why would you get married? Yeah. I was really, I don't know. It so is I, true. People don't change after the courting process. They change in the courting process. Once you're married, most people not going to change. See, I should have just called you right now. You should have just called me. Why didn't I call you? You got to do your negotiations before you tie the knot. There you go. Well, that's a good piece of advice and should yeah. definitely go on the air. <laughs> um, no. You can negotiate after with a therapist if you need to, but you shouldn't probably go into marriage being like, God, this thing better change. I'm going to be super unhappy. Like, then don't get married. Yeah. So basically, that all occurred. And then we were going into our bachelorette party weekend and we did the bachelorette party and we had such a good time with all our friends and I thought everything was going well. And I was trying, like, she was really hurt by my hesitancy. Yeah. I was trying really hard to, like, make her feel better. I was, like, we drove to Vegas together for the bachelorette. I, like, was like, let's do the New York Times 26 questions thing. Da -da -da -da. I do like that I thing. I do like it too. <laughs> and, like, it felt like we needed to reconnect and we totally did that. And, like, that can make you feel really dreamy about mm -hmm. someone. And one of the things is, like, we love so many of the same things. We have, like, lots of shared interests and viewpoints about things. I'm also super feminine. Like, you know, mm -hmm. just, like, all those mm -hmm. things. So, like, when you, all those hypotheticals, and I think that that the interesting thing about that 26 questions thing, and I'm, I'm sure you've read like all the articles about it, but like if you read about it in the New York Times, the first thing about it is like, oh, this can make you fall in love with someone. But if you read the follow ups, there's like a really great follow up on it. That's like this will make you fall in love. But like the maintenance of love. Stay day in love. Such a yeah. And I think that's like kind of the issue is like on the, on the high levels, on like all the like dreamy levels, we are so great together. Right. 
And on all the day-to-day, like, can you take care of me and make me feel safe levels, it's fucked. Wow. What an important distinction. Like, for real. I I honestly, not just saying this, but I tell people this all the time. When they're like, well, I just wasn't feeling, like, that romantic spark. And I'm like, that romantic spark can go fuck itself. Like, yes, you want to be in love with your partner, but long term, that thing's probably going to wear off after two or three years, biologically speaking. So you need to have the friendship, the respect, and the safety and comfort and mutual like care for each other to be there when those falling in love sparks. And it's actually not surprising in your case that you guys kind of fought your way to the finish line. Like every time you had a fight, the makeup was so great and the falling back in love was so great. It's almost like... You keep having the fights to keep the love alive. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay. So you went to The Bachelorette. I'm, I'm just very used to chaos. Like, my right. very chaotic. Totally. Like, Familiar with it. all this fucking nonsense. Yeah. Like, I clearly don't believe that, I, like, my sister said to me today, when I, t- I'm, I become really close to my family over the past several years, so I talked to my sister about this, and, I, like, basically, she said to me today, like, you have to decide, like, if you think you deserve to be treated this way. And if th- that's as simple as it is. Like, if you don't think so, then fucking don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to tell you, like, I think, because I also come from, you know, a marriage that was pretty tempestuous and a lot of fighting. And it took me a really long time to be like, that is not the indicator of a good relationship. Like, a good relationship, of course you have your issues and your problems occasionally but should be mostly good times and it shouldn't need the quarrels to sustain itself enough to re-spark the romance enough to oh you're so amazing again and then fight again like a level of safety and comfort that probably feels kind of boring to people like us is actually such a relief and it's actually what a relationship should feel like yeah which like you don't have to post this part but I feel like in the limited time I've spent with you and your current person Mm -hmm. like it seems like it's such a like nice warm place and it makes me nervous sometimes because I'm like what does this mean that we're not like fighting a lot or that like do we not care we're not passionate about each other or like I I don't even know what to do with a relationship that feels normal and safe and is mostly just really good all the time and when people ask me I'm like it's good I'm like what like but relearning that that doesn't mean boring and that doesn't mean not love that actually means love and that means long term more than well we fight but then it's so great but then we fight but then it's so great it's like cool but that's like high school and you don't need that you don't need it totally I mean looking at your prior statements about this kind of stuff like your love of like the brutish the brute the whole thing like that's such a like it's the same for me like I'm except the opposite because I don't like men at all and also don't like brutes at all (laughs) but like I'm so in love with the like fan the people who can take me on like the fantasy, mm-hmm. right? And then the day-to-day of it is terrible. Well, and also for you, you're, you are such a fixer and such a doer um, and such a winner that for you to feel like something is worthwhile, you want to feel like you've earned it. So you're like, this person is difficult and I'm going to win. I'm going to make them like me. I'm going to make them happy. I'm going to prove that I can make them happy. And you want to Win the relationship, essentially. But, like, that's... Do that at work. Don't do that in your relationship. Relationship, you shouldn't have to win it. Although, like, don't do that at work. But Um, also don't do that at work. (laughs) I don't know anything about work. I just do relationships. But... You're great at that. (laughs) Good to do what you're great at if you can make a living at it, which I don't. And I just 
do great work and feel good about my work. And that's also really fulfilling. We talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> anyway, all that to say, basically, like, I, because I was putting so much effort forth coming out of this terrible time, like, things seemed pretty good for a little bit. And then over time, it was like, oh, she acted this way towards, like, she acts very entitled. Like, it's not just towards me, but, like, she acted this, like, we went on The Bachelorette and she, like, threw a fit because we weren't seated outside somewhere and they, like, seated us outside. And it made me uncomfortable, but I was like, oh, no, I'm just gonna, like, that's not, she didn't do anything to me. I shouldn't care what other people think. Like, it was uncomfortable. And I would rather just not have that kind of thing happen, but I've learned to, like, roll with it. It's one thing, because I... I can understand the, like, you want your partner to be a good representation of you. You want them to be nice to your friends and nice to the server. I don't think that is caring too much what people think. It's another thing if you're like, oh, they're so embarrassing, like, da 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 But I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting your partner to treat the people in your life well, to treat the servers well. Like, I always think that's an indicator of someone, how they treat people. So, no, I don't think that's you caring too much. Yeah. So there were like a few things that had occurred and I kept on trying to like be like, I've decided to love this person. So I like it's my job to like be supportive. She didn't do anything to hurt me. I'm okay. Da, da, da. And then like I went to my therapist and I was talking ended up talking about some of these things and she was like, Let's just remember the principle you decided on, like in December, which is like it's about my needs. Mm-hmm. That's, That's your commitment. And this like North Star point around yeah. like my needs has been really important. And then I would like start to be like, uh oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've kind of like already fallen back into this thing where I'm like, because it's not crisis mode, very clear, cut and dry. It's the little things now again. So it's hard. You get lost really easily. Anyway, um, basically what have happened in the past few weeks is <laughs> we were trying to rebuild. And I've got the friend from September that this whole movie thing happened with. And at that time, I expressed, like, that I felt really uncomfortable about how that all occurred. It did. I did a good job of expressing all that. Um, And she really likes this friend. And it's been with a few friends where, like, she'll start, like, Instagram messaging my friends. Yeah. And that's a weird thing. Like, we that's a separate topic entirely. But, like, what are the right boundaries for people to have around, like, especially in lesbian relationships? I think it's, like, different. Mm. Like, with, with a guy, like, it's not... Like, he's going to, like, sudden, like, if your guy, like, suddenly decided to be friends with me, I just don't, like, we, we would be couple friends. I just don't right. see, like, that ever right. happening. Right. But with two women, it's totally different. And right. she, like, really likes a few of my friends. And she's, like, pers- she pers- has pursued them. Well, and also, to be fair, I think if things were good with you two, that wouldn't bother you. Maybe it would, but I think not as much. Because you'd be like, we have a shared life. We can have shared friends. That's so great that she wants to be friends with my friends. I think when you start being like, what are the boundaries around my friends? Like, there's a reason you're protecting your life and your friends from her. I agree to a degree. I think it's complicated. It's like, I think even in really good relationships, you need to have your own, some of your own separate friendships. And this person happens to be like my closest friend in LA. Right. Right. So. No, I I agree with that. I I do agree with that. I don't prefer that she suddenly start making plans with that person without me and not telling me. Yes. No, but that, but again, like this is about you feeling safe and you don't feel safe because of that, because of so many other things. And I think that's compounded by the other things that have happened in your relationship. I think if you guys were really great and she was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get coffee with such and such. You might be like, can't we all hang out? But you wouldn't feel unsafe. You wouldn't feel threatened, you know? Yeah, I think so. It's hard to say. Like I have my own insecurities too, right? So it's, it's complicated. Those things are complicated. But if, if the point is that like, 
it's an important friendship for me and that's my need to feel safe about my friendships. So if I express I'm uncomfortable, the answer should, as long as I'm not attacking and rude about it, right. the answer should be like, let's talk about let's it and talk figure out how it. I can take care of you. Absolutely. And even if I say it in a bitchy way, which I did not. Um, I see where this is going. I see where it's going. Like the answer should be like, which is what I do because she often says things to me in a very snippy way is like, what's going on with you? Mm-hmm. Is there some way like that mm-hmm. was hurtful? What you how you talked to me was just hurtful. Like we should address that. But also like I'm hearing you reach out with a need. Let me try to take care of that. Yeah. Like that's important. That's how I. And even if I don't agree with you or I think it's silly or frivolous or you're overreacting, I'm going to listen and we're going to figure out a solution together. Yes. Is what it should be. Totes. Yeah. So basically in an effort to like make sure we're building all the good things before the wedding, I was like, let's go out to dinner with this friend. Because once again, you're like, even though I didn't mess up, let me be the one to offer the olive branch and make it right. Well, we're doing the, to, to be fair, we're doing this in general. Like we went yeah. to dinner with one of her friends. We're going to dinner with one of my, like we're just trying to get back in this mode after like mm-hmm. December where everything almost collapsed. And also I spent most of my time in Florida, like watching my grandmother pass mm-hmm. away. Which was very rough. So, like, we're just trying to get back in celebratory mode. This mm-hmm. wedding is, like, tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, basically, I set up this dinner for us all to go out. Because I was having dinner. And I was just like, Emily should come. That's great. And, like, the night before this dinner, I have this dream. And it's, like, a dream that my partner and this person have sex. And then I get really upset. And then we all had sex. Oh. So, I was like... Okay, that's weird. So I shared that with my partner <laughs> that I had this weird dream and how weird is that? And she was like, yeah, that is totally weird. So we go to this dinner and I am a total lightweight, which I think you know. Like I cannot hold my liquor at all. Um, especially when I'm on this wedding diet where I'm not eating anything. Got it. So like one Manhattan in and I'm like fucking out. So I had one drink. I'm like pretty out of it anyway. And it doesn't really matter if I'm out of it or not. Like two things happened. One, my partner, my partner, like, um, told my friend about the stream. Of course. I saw that one coming. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, I was pretty upset that she had shared this story. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, like, I don't even remember this. Like, think we were all talking a lot. It was boisterous. We all really enjoy each other. Apparently, one of them said, which I think was Emily, said, like, we should go to Soul. They both like Soul Cycle, which I hate, for the record. I like Bar Method. I hate spin class. I'm also really short, and, like, those bikes never fit properly. No, so totally. anyway, <laughs> like, no, you don't get that because you're not five feet tall. But, like, it's a real problem. Um, but anyway, you get it. I guess it came up, and they talked about it, and I was there, and my partner assumed it was fine for them to go to Soul Cycle together. Nice. So, I, and I didn't even think of it because, mm-hmm. like drinks or because everything was moving fast and also I would have never felt comfortable saying I'm not comfortable in that moment in front of this other person mm-hmm. as you said mm-hmm. like I could have chosen to be like bitch don't make friends yeah, with yeah, my yeah. friends in front of my friend but I would have never knocked her down right. like that the week goes on and this is coming into the week now where the coffee thing happened and like we had had this little argument the night before that I didn't even think was an argument that was what Emily was upset about from the night before which I'm happy to share if you think it's helpful but like everything's a little fucking thing yeah. So I had not said anything. This is my mistake, partially. Like, I didn't say that I'd, I was unhappy with how she shared that story or um, a few other, like, or this 
I didn't even remember the soul cycle thing, but I didn't say anything about the dinner. And partially because as you've heard, like I try to raise things, even if I raise them nicely and they're not met well. So I try to let a lot of things roll off my back, which is a huge mistake. That's the first sign that like things are not good. Mm-hmm. So I should have caught that, but I didn't. And then we were getting in, we got into this little coffee tiff and the whole thing. And that was on like, that was on Thursday or Wednesday, I guess. Yeah. So that happened. Yeah. We were rolling into the weekend and I wasn't feeling great because we'd had this like stupid coffee filter fight that I just didn't feel taken care of. And that turned into a big fight when it should have been nothing. I was mm-hmm. doing something nice. Um... So I like Saturday morning, we're like laying in bed, getting up. Hey, is everything okay? Like it doesn't feel like things are really okay. Oh, and she's like leaving her job soon and sort of negotiating the leaving and we both have opinions on it and it affects our mutual financial life and she doesn't want to talk about it with me and she thinks I'm lecturing her. So that was another whole thing that happened. Anyway, so we started to talk about, I brought, I checked in, she basically made it clear that she was really agitated about my lecturing and about like this other thing that happened on Wednesday, I guess. And I tried to be like, okay, like, let's talk about that. Tried to talk about it. And I was like, I'm really not feeling great. Like we talked about this coffee thing, but like, I'm not feeling really good about that. And also like, I'm kind of feeling not okay that you reached out to my friend. Cause she like, she what happened was she reached out and I guess she texted me and was like, Hey, I'm going to go to soul cycle with your friend on Sunday. Do you want to come? She knows I hate SoulCycle. Right. So I wrote back, okay. I was at work mm-hmm. and I like couldn't deal with this in that moment. My job is crazy. So she was like, she claimed she asked me, like, is that okay? But it didn't read that way in yeah. the text. Yeah. And so, and she'd already asked. Mm-hmm. And so I basically was like, let it roll off. And this is Saturday. I'm trying to like maybe talk about this. We have a little more time together. Talk about this. Talk about whatever else is like, something is bothering her clearly. Like, let's talk. So I bring up this thing and she's like, you always do this when things are in like not a great, like things were fine last week and it was fine for me to go, go to soul cycle with this person. But now that you're, now that we've had these like little tiffs this week, you're trying to take that away from me. And I was like, no, I felt uncomfortable <laughs> the whole week and also felt uncomfortable about some, like you sharing this thing about the dream. And now I'm like sharing and she just got furious and decided to like leave the fucking house and go to the gym and was really pissed. By the way, we were both going to the gym working out a ton mm-hmm. because of this wedding. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> it was like not always my MO, but right now it is. So anyway, like it blew up in my face. Like I'm trying to talk about this thing that really bothers me and she's not able like when she brings up the thing that bothers her, I'm like, okay, what can I do differently? Da 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 and then I try and it like whoosh. Yeah. So basically that evening we had an appointment to build our registry at Bloomingdale's oh. and so we went and did that and um then we went to a movie and then anyway she was in like all kinds of moods we had to go get her food and I like broached this like conversation again to try to because she said I need some space and went to the gym I will tell you that like if I say I need space which I do sometimes when we're having these fights she gets very upset if I don't come back and like re-engaged mm-hmm. to make sure she knows the, the space is over mm-hmm. she didn't say a fucking word to me so we had to do this whole registry appointment i'm totally uncomfortable so we finally get to this like late night dinner and i'm like hey you didn't really like come back around on this like what are you thinking how are you feeling and she just like let me have it and was super pissy with me and really mad about everything and at, and it, like on the co- like on the coffee thing she was pissed because she felt like i was trying to control whether she buys coffee or has it at home because we're trying to deal with our finances right now and I was like I wasn't trying to stop you from getting coffee like I didn't know you were planning to do that and then I 
we got around to this thing about the friend again and I'm like trying to talk about it as gingerly as possible and it escalates. And she, what ha- the other thing that happens is she goes to this like crazy place of like, well then I'm just not gonna hang out even with you and that friend. I'm not seeing that friend. That's what she said. And I was like, fuck, now I have to backtrack and get you back on a place that seems like fucking not insane. I did and I calmed her down and we sort of let it lie. And the decision was like, you'll go to SoulCycle, I'll go work at the coffee shop, we'll all go to brunch after it's fine. Because it's not that upsetting to me if she goes to soul cycle with this person. What is upsetting to me is she knew that was a hot button issue for me coming out of this fight in the fall. She didn't check in. I mean, it was so many things. I think it's all, I don't think any of this is about any of these little things, obviously. It's about, it's about the way she was with your grandmother. It's about the way she's been your whole relationship. It's about your finance issues. It's about everything. And it just comes out in these little Things that come out when you don't feel safe with someone and when you don't trust someone that they have your best interests and you don't trust that you can share your emotions with them, however small and stupid and insignificant they are, then everything becomes bigger than it is. Exactly. That is correct. So now where do we stand? We went to couples therapy. She hates the couples therapist because the couples therapist calls her out on stuff. So of then course. Yeah, no we one wants that. Therapy. She brought up the whole thing about me lecturing her about her job. I did the thing I always do, which is like really try to hear, try to find ways that I can be better. Then this topic came up and I said, we don't have to talk about this right now. Like we just talked about it the other day and it feels like we kind of came to an okay place on it which actually like we really hadn't. No. So maybe I should have been, I, I really don't want to push her buttons because otherwise. Yeah, but it's like when you're in that dancing around on eggshells kind of relationship, yeah. like I'm not going to say this is your fault for not bringing it up, but I am going to say like, this is the sign of something that is not healthy or good when you can't bring up your own issues because they're going to make it about themselves and they're going to blow up about you. And it's one thing like, yes, we all have insecurities that cause us to be like, upset about something we shouldn't be upset about and our partner has the right to be like uh you're being crazy this isn't about me but they still need to listen and not make it about them and blow up and make it about their emotions i love you you're actually correct entirely (laughs) correct basically like we went to couples therapy on thursday i had been on a work trip monday through thursday in chicago this came up and it in front of the therapist it was like I said the thing. I didn't say it meanly. I brought it up. We tried to talk about it. She escalated. It became a fucking pissing match. She, I, it's not about my needs or issue about like, how could I feel comfortable? What is the right boundary? It's not this conversation. It's like freaking out. She blows up. She says the same thing about not wanting to see this friend at all. Oh, and right before this, I'd gone to pick her up for therapy. And a friend of mine had invited both of us to her Oscar party. And it turned out I'm going to New York and I might not be here. So like, I I didn't realize I wasn't even going to be here. But I was like, oh, I have this work trip coming up potentially for New York. She's like, okay, great. And then she's like, oh, that's the Oscars weekend. I guess I can just go to, I don't even know if she said I guess. It was something like, I can go to Jane's without you. And Jane is inviting her on the email, like, because it's my partner. They don't even hang out. Again, I'm just going to point out, and I agree with you. I think that couples should have separate interests and separate friends. But I also think part of, like, when you decide to get married is, like, we're joining our lives together. Totally. I don't think you're being unreasonable, but I do think that you're more upset because in general, everything's about her and she doesn't make you feel safe. That's 100% you are correct. My answer was, I'm so glad. I I decided to give her the benefit of the doubt, even though her language did not seem to indicate that she's actually like asking. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm so glad you ran it by me first. And I think it's totally fine for you to go to Jane's. Little passive aggressive. Little. (laughs) 
her response is, I don't have to ask you. I was invited. Goes off on me and is being like hugely obnoxious. So then I said, wow, I feel like kind of hurt and really disrespected. And, and I like really try to soften everything and say it like in those ways. And then she just kept at it and was being really rude, which like that comes up that that was right before therapy. So like we talked about the one friend and the other friend and she was like, yeah, I was being really rude and like acknowledged it, but was just like, I'm in a bad, like, I'm just pissed about all of this. And I'm like, that's no reason like why that you should still treat me like with respect, even when you're in a bad mood. And then she was like, the Oscars are really important to me. <laughs> and then I said, it sounds like the Oscars are more important to you than me. Yeah. And then she said, I didn't say that. The therapist was like trying to like. Fuck. It's like, I give up. It's awful. Um, and she again went to like that crazy place of like, I'm not seeing the friends at all. And I was just like, you know, and the therapist was trying to organize. And I said some, she said something like, Lisa, it sounds like you're having trouble. Maybe like. I understand like it's hard like figuring out like the melding of these this relationship and the relationship that's being built with your friend and I was like no like I actually like I want to find the right place and have that conversation but like the right comfort level with all that my partner is pursuing the friendship not the other way around and I just want to make sure that we're like I'm being taken care of as that all happens and then Emily took that as I'm saying that Dana doesn't want to be her friend and she wants to she's pursuing the friendship and then she made it all about that and like it was the last five minutes of the session and she was like let me just say something you're making it sound like I'm the one and she made it all about that and I literally left the session being like this is fucking nonsense and I like don't know what to fucking do so anyway then we didn't talk for a few days and then this morning she got very she like we potentially had this appointment in the morning to go do the registry of Barney's. Oh, We're boy. Having so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun right now. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, she came in really late from work. I, like, poked her very gently like this. Because I'm, like, not feeling squishy. So it's really hard for me. Like, I was trying to be really gentle. But I'm not ready to be, like, give her a kiss and wake her up. Right. So I didn't, like, jab at her. Mm-hmm. I poked her very gently. And she was already, like, sort of rousing. It's, like, 10 o'clock. Her response was, don't poke me. (laughs) So then I'm like, oh, fuck. And I tried to apologize. And she wasn't happy with the apology and then was criticizing my apology. Anyway, and then she was like, and I was like, okay, (laughs) what do I I literally ended up saying? Like, she was just kept on coming at me. And I was like, what do I need to say to get you to stop talking to me like this? And then she stopped and it paused for a second. And then she said, like, is there something bothering you? in this like very uh, like obnoxious tone and I was like yeah things aren't very good right now and then she goes we have one bad therapy session and things are bad now no you didn't speak for several days after the bad therapy session and you've had plenty of bad therapy sessions not to mention bad times together we've been having this whole bad time the whole past two weeks it's not like the one therapy session and I was like no like this is things aren't really all of this stuff is happening it doesn't feel good the therapy session was part of it, but it's not the main thing. And then and then I like caught myself because every time, this is what happens every time. And this is what happened in therapy too, where the therapist was like, what are you asking for? Do you want Emily to like back off the friendship? I was like, no, what I really want. And this is what I said, like I said in the therapy session, which is like, is if I raise this thing that's bothering me about like, I'm a little uncomfortable about the way you're pursuing this friendship. It's for you to respond with curiosity and empathy and talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not shaming you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm raising something that, bo- that, that like, is important mm-hmm. and need, like, my emotional well-being. And, th- like, the therapist had gotten so caught up in her back and forth that she didn't even realize. And she was like, oh, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this morning when Emily turned to me and she had her response to me being like, yeah, things aren't feeling really good to her question at me was one therapy session and blah, blah, blah. And so I caught myself as I started to try to like explain mm-hmm. myself. And I was like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, like what I really just want is for you to not respond that way when you right. ask me how I'm feeling. Right. And then I was like, I'm going in the shower. And then I was like sobbing in the shower. And she heard me. So she came in and was like, can I give you a hug? What? Blah, blah, blah. And like the shower's small. And I was like, shower get hug. the fucking no. <laughs> way. I was like, get the fuck away from me. And I made her leave. And then I was like, I'm going for a drive. I was going to go for a walk and it's raining, which it like does not, again, this rain in LA is really fucking up my jam. So anyway, I like went and went for a drive for like an hour. Um, And then she went to go get her hair done, which I was supposed to go with her. We like both get our hair done together. We do so much together. Um, Anyway, and um, lesbians. Did you go to Barney's? No, we didn't go to Barney's. She went to go get her hair done. I did not. And like I packed my bag, my dad is out of town and I packed my bags and was like, I'm going to stay at my dad's for a few days and I'm going to Dahlia's and I'll see you later. Bye. Great. <laughs> and here we are. I mean, ugh, wow. That was a lot. That Sorry. was a lot. No, I'm glad you got it all out. Drink your wine. I just, you know, uh, I got to say like. One one really good lesson to take away from this, because you will take away quite a few, um, is when you are taking care of someone else's feelings all the time and putting them first and being the caretaker, I think you need to shift your thinking to that's actually the opposite of taking care of them because you will end up hating them and you will end up freaking out and it doesn't do them any favors. And probably the best thing you can do for someone else is take care of yourself. And I know that you know that intellectually, but like this is a very real manifestation of sitting on your own needs eventually leads to not being able to take a single thing from them. Like now I'm pretty sure there's nothing she could do that would be okay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like you're past your point of acceptance. I also think with her, it sounds... It sounds like a bratty daughter and you're the mom. Not to be like gross, but a little bit too because I think you're such the provider in the relationship. And I don't think finances are everything, but they do in our society hold a very weird power dynamic. And I think when you start paying the rent and paying for things and you join your finances, even though that's what she wanted, there's a level of resentment now that... You get to call the shots. You're in charge. So every single move to her is a struggle for power and a struggle to prove that she doesn't need you to take care of her and that you're not right just because you're paying for things. So I think everything you do, she's like, no, no, no. I'm here too. I'm an adult too. I make decisions too. I have the right to the money too. And it's like, why are you proving yourself so hard? And it's like when a bratty child, trust fund kid, parents pay for them their whole life and then they rebel and do all sorts of crazy shit just to prove that just because their parents are paying for them doesn't mean they have to do what they want them to do and I think it's like her pride and her ego is like aware that you are taking so much care of her so she has to prove constantly that she still has power in the relationship and she does that by making her emotions the power so you can't have power over her yeah on the finances it's such a hard situation because I love that I've worked my fucking ass off to have these jobs that are really well respected and also that where I make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But I feel really uncomfortable. I don't like making other people 
feel bad. And I don't feel comfortable being in the power position in like certain ways in these relationships, which you can imagine because you know me. So I like end up being like, we'll just have a joint bank account. We'll both spend whatever. Yeah. And then this has twice happened to me. Mm -hmm. Then the person just like is like, holy shit, you make so much money. And they just spend it. They just spend it. And then I'm like, we can't both like just. Because they saw me spending whatever I wanted. And when one person was living on that salary, it was great. Right, but when two are, it's like, it really doesn't work. Well, I think a really good lesson here is don't merge your finances. Ever. Maybe until you're married for five years or you're just really, really sure that power is not tied to that and that it's not going to become about you saying everything's fine and then them spending it and then you having to pull back. And you know. I wasn't telling her what was fine. We were supposed to co-manage it. And I like... That's the problem is I was like, I don't want to have this weird dynamic. Let's share the finances and we'll co-manage it. But she didn't feel empowered anyway. So now actually like. But to be fair too, when she was moving in and you initially had concerns about money, you were like, she's not good with money. So to decide to co-manage with someone who you know is not good with money. I paid off her debt when she moved in, which was like 16,000 bucks. Just suddenly I, like this is the problem. I like, I let money appear from the sky for her because I have it. Yeah, But that was a huge mistake because it set this precedent and then she was irresponsible. I think it's shifting your thinking from like the way to show someone you care is by doing things for them and saving them to the way to show someone you care is by taking care of yourself and saying to them, I care enough about you that I'm not going to do the thing I always do that's going to make me hate you. I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself and that way I can always love you and I can buy you presents and I can do things for you and never feel resentful about it because I took care of myself. Or maybe I just need to date a sugar mama. Maybe you need a sugar (laughs) mama. I do think it's not a bad idea because you do tend to date people that you can take care of, that you can save, that you can nurture. They're like, oh, let me get it. I got it. Da, da, da. You love to do that. I don't think it would be a bad idea for you to date someone more on your level financially maybe even above you financially, so that that isn't your thing to prove. It's just, like, for whatever reason, has been very hard to meet. I mean, mean also, there's not that many people that are at your level. Are at my level. I've worked really hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still possible. Or you can meet someone who money is not that big of a thing to them. Or you can meet someone who, whatever, you just don't offer to pay for everything. Just don't. I need to work. I Like... Clearly, I'm in a place right now where I'm like, what's going to happen in the next relationship? Because I'm in such a bad place about this one. And to be fair, I think you shouldn't underestimate my desire to fix things. Because like... No, I don't. I I know full well this might still happen. Oh, yes. You might be at a wedding in April in New Orleans. Like one hopes that I'll be able to fucking pull together this time. Do you... What do you... But what do you mean by pull together? You mean get out of it? Pull it together of like get out of it. Get out of it. Then get the fuck out of it. If that's the way you're thinking... Yes. Is that your advice? I I want your advice, matchmaker. I mean, I would say I will never tell someone break up, leave, because I know that I don't have the power to convince someone to do that. Someone wants to be with someone else, they're going to be with them. I'm going to be there no matter what. So if you have to break up three times or go ahead with the wedding and then get divorced or whatever, like I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to be here and I'm going to be like, cool, because I've been there where I should have broken up with someone 15 times before I actually did. Mm But I will say, based on the fact that you just said, I really hope I can get it together this time. (laughs) And the fact, no offense, but like the fact that you're sharing it with this amount of people, me, your other friend, Carrie, um, that you're, to me, when someone does that is when they're uh, kind of like enforcing, they're like giving themselves troops, you know, they're like, I got to bolster up my side so that when I want to go back, I have enough people who are a witness to this, that they can be like, 
what are you doing? And we're not going to say that because we're your friends and we love you and we're going to go to your wedding and smile and be happy. But when you look in our eyes, you're going to know that we know. And (laughs) we know what you're going through. And even if it gets better for the next two months, which it could, it scares me that you've been in couples therapy and it hasn't helped. It scares me that her own therapist isn't helping her because obviously she's not giving her the real story. And it scares me that it's gone and back and forth so much. And these are similar concerns that you expressed over a year ago when she was moving in. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, I believe that couples can work through things, but I don't really think they should get married when major things still need working through. Like, I I just don't think that's a recipe for success. On my end, I think, like, we need to call off the wedding no matter what, whether we break up remains to be seen maybe. The other thing that I forgot to say is, like, actually, I did come home from my drive. She wrote a letter, and the letter only proved... Mm-hmm. That she like actually has doesn't get it at all. What was the letter? Do you want to hear the letter? Kind of, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the letter. Oh my god. So this is I like left the house after morning. I'm like touching her gently, like poking her, being like, "Wake up!" Like freaked out. I said that this week has been really rough. She did not was not kind about it. Okay, and all this thing that just happened. Wait, can I say one more thing before the letter? Yeah. Um. On top of everything else and the fact that you said, I hope I can get it together and get out of it this time, which like, that's not a fluke that you said that. That's your gut. That's your instinct. You should listen to that. Uh, The fact that when you wanted to postpone the wedding, she also made that about herself and about, you know, your feelings not being valid and a power play and all this stuff. Like a real partner, if you were really struggling through this stuff, but there was a chance you could work through it, would be like... You're right. Let's work through these major issues before we commit. Someone who just wants to get to the goalpost that they can tell their friends and family, I don't have faith that that's going to work out. Yeah, it's, it's a, this is such a tough situation. Because it's one thing if you were both like, clearly there's issues, let's work on it. We love each other. We want to get through it. But you're like, clearly there's issues. Let's postpone this huge thing. And she's like, I want my huge thing. I want my golden egg now. Like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if, if there's any, like, lesson for me or your listeners, <laughs> it's, like, it's always going to feel like you, the sunk cost. It's always going to yes. feel like you've already invested so much. It's always going to feel like the pressure's on. It's always going to feel like other people are going to know and the thing and the thing and the thing. And, like, like, I've only let that escalate to, like, could it be more, like, high profile high stress moment than right now right. unless I'm like Julia Roberts and Runaway Bride like honestly like I'm in the the fucking moment you're in it like, but I'm proud of you all the other times that the, it's like well we're moving in and I already said we'd move in so now I have to do the thing and then we'll just see Dolly I mean you're right like we'll, we'll see it'll escalate it'll, we'll see we'll see it'll make we'll it see. faster yeah. to see that's what I'm gonna do but I think <laughs> you should be really really proud even though it's happening at this moment it's happening it's you finally lifting your head out of the sand and and being like, this is bad, and I don't want a bad life. Maybe. We'll see. I've, I have faith. I have faith. And you know what? If you can't, I'll still be there. I know. You're such a good friend. But I have faith this time that you can do it. I'm just like, that's why I talked to my friend, our other friend, earlier, because I was like, you've seen me do that. Like, since college, I've been doing the same thing. I dated Well, but this is, this is the part. Okay, though, this is important, is that you don't, even though it's really good to recognize your patterns, what you don't need to do is create a story that you reinforce by making it come true. So it's good to say, I know that I do this thing. 
But you, what you don't want to say is, I always do this thing. There's no getting out of it. This is who I am. I'm going to end up with someone like this no matter what. No, you're not. There's so many people out there in this world. You do not need to settle for this. You can have someone that cares about you, that your only value is not just taking care of them, that can handle your emotions with maturity, that you can communicate well. The, the, all of that is out there. And now that you see, like, I'm so excited for you to see the pattern, to recognize it. I'm not saying the next person you're going to be cured. You're probably going to have some remnants of this for a while. But the fact that you can see it and the fact that you're willing to even entertain the idea of getting out of it is like huge. And I believe that you will learn from this and there is the right person for you that, that you won't have to go through this. Let's see what happens. I mean, after my ex, Laura, like I was like, I'm never doing that again. Sometimes we need a few times, but I think almost getting to a wedding, like that's probably enough to knock some sense into you. (laughs) Think you're not going to get. And I mean, if you want, I can promise you that if this starts to happen again, I'll just be like, listen, because I mean, I, I can sit back when I need to sit back. But if you tell me to tell you, I will tell you. You've got to be that friend for sure. All right. So this is the letter I got when I got back from my drive and I want you to know overall it was like a lot of it I'm like this is actually really nice Mm -hmm. and the issues are like no accountability for what's like it's like I said at the 10,000 foot level everything is fine Mm -hmm. but like she talks about December January from her perspective Mm -hmm. in this way that I'm like oh actually like you didn't get it at all it's very disappointing Mm -hmm. all right I feel so sad to see you hurting so much you are the person I care most about in this world and I I just want to point out hold it started with I feel so sad to see you hurting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. just point that out. Go ahead. I don't know where what we should do here. I wish I had the right answer, but I am at a loss. This relationship of ours is bogged down with unnecessary emotional labor that is costing us our happiness. We but love- again, the relationship, the emotional labor is bogging down the relationship and causing your unhappiness. It's not coming from anywhere. It's just independently doing that. No accountability. Well, in her eyes, like. I'm fickle. I changed my mind. I like didn't let her in on the like change of plans in December or whatever. Like all these things. Like she has her story, which is like that I vacillate back and forth on decisions. I am wishy washy. That I am insecure and I let I like care too much what other people like. All of those Mm -hmm. things. Like she sees them as like affronts on her very regularly. It's very complicated. Anyway. We love each other so much, and for me at least, it's so confusing how things can turn so suddenly. Do you think we can fix this? Do you want to? I hope we. I hope you read those questions as honest and kind, because that is the intention behind them. I know we always work things out, and that does give me hope. My wish is that we don't end up sacrificing too much of ourselves to get there. I find myself wondering lately if we are compatible emotionally. You have so many wonderful and nourishing, we, we have so many wonderful and nourishing things in common. Our love of food, we like to di- how we like to dissect things, art, movies, music, dance parties in the living room, weird sense of humor, I could go on. And yet we get so off course so easily. And then things feel nuclear and overwhelming. How do we fix this? Sometimes I wonder if therapy is weaponizing our relationship instead of helping. She, I tell you, she hates our therapist. Right, clearly. It feels like we will have mostly resolved or begun talking about issues and then we go to Jill and it feels like they are so they are so big and like we they were never resolved in the first place when this happens i feel defeated and shut down i know that you work so hard to do slash not do the things i've asked and it feels like you resent me for it accurate which i've said out loud before i don't want you to have to work so hard i'm not a delicate flower False. I can <laughs> I can take care of my feelings. False. I do want to be treated with kindness and respect. 
We are both human. We are not always going to be our best selves. There has to be room for that. Room for an apology and room to move on. I agree, except that she, that this is where like I get to, that's great. Except like it would be, like I would have thought this letter is great if she had been like, this morning I could have been open so that I could have seen, like, you know? Anyway, sometimes I wonder if you like me as much as you love me. I'm not as sensitive to feedback as you've indicated, though I am sensitive to being criticized or shamed by my partner. Lately, I'm wondering if that's the root of all this. You, you don't actually like me, and maybe we aren't compatible. I truly hope this is not the case. Something happened for me between December and January. It felt like I heard from you that you didn't think I am a good person with good character. It didn't feel like there was any understanding of my feelings or what was going on with me. I know this was a traumatic time for you and there are things I would have done differently. It hurts to feel like you think I'm a bad person. This is why I have been feeling detached. I don't know how to move forward in a relationship where both people are not absolutely stoked to be with each other. I don't want to break up, but I do want us to have an honest conversation with ourselves about if we want to fix these things. If we both really like each other, if we can handle taking care of ourselves and each other without great emotional expense. She asks all the right questions, but completely mischaracterizes what happens. Mm-hmm. I'm sad that you're not here right now to have this conversation with me, though I respect you and your need for space. I'm ready to talk when you are ready. This letter is quite choppy. I think and I hope there is room for me to clarify and add on and share more. I love you so much, and I believe that we can work through this if we both really want it. I know this is what I want. You are whom I want and love with all my heart. Emily. Thoughts? I mean, that letter, well, it started by being about her feelings, about you being sad. Then it went to not taking accountability and blaming some outside force. Then it became about how you don't like her, but it didn't own what she did to make you feel that way. Like she was like, I feel like you you think I'm a bad person. And it's like, because you weren't, she wasn't there for you when you needed her. So again, like none of it, like you said, is taking any accountability at all. It's like intellectually the right questions. Do we want to be together? Do we like each other as much as we love each other? Are we willing to work for this? But a bunch of times she said, I just don't know if we're compatible. I just, I mean, I think the answer's in there. And she's like, and then I just noticed at the end how she's like, well, you have to let me know if we want to work on it. I know I do. I didn't hear that the whole time until just there. And again, she's finding a way that, so if you decide you don't want to work on it, she has it on record that she did. And it was your fault and you couldn't work on it and you gave up. Yeah. It's just not like, I hurt you. Let's talk through it. I care about you. I love you. And I believe we can work this together if we mutually decide that we want to, period. Like that's all it should have been. And I hurt you and I'm sorry. And I hope we can fix what has happened. But it's again, just her making it about her and her emotions and trying to come out as the good guy somehow. Yeah, it's like, I read it and at first I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. This whole, like, especially when it, the most glaring thing for me is like this December, January thing where I'm like, no, I actually did try to be understanding. Not only that, but like, I shouldn't have. Right. I think it's that thing where it's like, in your case, going through the hard times really shed some light. I mean, people do say like, 
part of the point of planning a big extravagant wedding that takes a long time is because like you see how the two of you handle a stressful time in a stressful situation through that year and there's a reason for that because that's kind of the year that puts you through the paces to see if you should get married and it's not always flawless like people get through it who shouldn't be married and vice versa but I mean, I think that this year has just kind of shed light on a lot of things that you already knew were there. And it's now like, oh, December, January was really the crystallizing moment, as you said. But you knew a lot of the stuff from the very beginning. And that's not to put any like blame on you because we've all done it where we're like, I see the red flags. You know what? I'm going to go through it anyway. Because you did, you believed the best. You guys have a lot of great things, as she said. There's a lot of good there and there's a lot of love there. But there are major compatibilities and power dynamics and care for each other that isn't there. And I just think that you have kind of convinced yourself that your value in a relationship is taking care of someone, which is lovely. But it's also just in who you are. And and I do think the best way to take care of someone is to take care of yourself first. And I think you did wait too long to do that. But now that you're doing it, you're seeing the real her. And you're seeing that that's not the kind of relationship she wants. She wants one where she's in charge and she gets what she wants and you are happy to make her happy, which is such a nice idea. But like your needs to be, needs also need to be important too. And you can't, you know, just be her mom forever. Like she doesn't get to be the pretty princess and not be there for you in your time of need. Yeah. I, that's like basically where I've come out to, as you heard. So it's just like, I hear, her, like, I think, like, her saying, like, we need to both be stoked to be with each other. Like, yeah, you should be stoked. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a really kind, generous person to be with. I have a great job. I am, like, a babe. Totally. I, like, I, like, I'm just totally. saying, like, I, I'm not, I'm not, like, down on myself these days. Things no. are good. Things are great. And, You're like, great. I, I do bring a lot to the table. So, like, you need to just, like, if that's someone you want to be with, then stop treating me like shit. Right. I think if you two are to break up, unfortunately, you might make this mistake one or two more times. Hopefully you won't get married. But eventually you will figure out the kind of person that you deserve and you'll go get it. And you'll be so happy for what this taught you. And I think she is going to have a rude awakening of like most people wouldn't put up with her for as long as you did. And she's going to have to take a look at herself and her behavior if she ever wants to be in a healthy relationship. Because I don't know many people who would put up with this, who would be like, let me do everything for you. And then once I start to say what I need, you absolutely cannot handle it. And I would just ask that the thing that you take away from this is to put your own needs first right off the bat. And it's not being selfish and it's not not taking care of another person. It's actually like the most selfless thing you can do. And I've noticed that in my relationships too, where I'm like, my instinct is like, oh, I'll just put myself aside. But then I'm like, I know I'll end up hating them if I do that. So because I don't want to hate them and I love them, I'm going to put my needs first. Mm -hmm. So that is never an issue. And when I want to do something for them, it's because I really want to, not because I think otherwise they won't love me. Totally. Yep. Fun times, friend. So whatever you decide, I support you (laughs) and I don't judge you. And if you go through with the wedding... It will be wonderful, and I hope that you will continue to use me as a resource and not feel like you can't talk to people once you're married because you still always can. You should never, like, isolate yourself from that. Your real friends are not going to judge you, and we're going to continue to support you no matter what. We've also all, you know, been in love and 
wanted to see it through. But I do feel like you are in a different place at this point. And that's not to say you can't come back from it. If you guys really decide to work, maybe you get a new couples therapist so she can see it's not the couples therapist that's the problem. Maybe. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I made the mistake a few weeks ago of being like, no, no, we'll move forward with the wedding. Like, without the pressure of the wedding, it is a lot easier to be like, okay. Right. didn't, like, this week was rough, but, like, Mm -hmm. next, we can work on it next week. Right, right. Like, when the clock is ticking, everything feels, like, every day that isn't good, I'm like, oh, fuck, I, like, fuck, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, ah, like. But so that's what I'm saying. If she can't recognize that and decide that your relationship is more important than this big party you're throwing. That like if you want to sh- save the relationship, you may need to take that pressure off of it. If she can't see that and she keeps making it the party is the most important thing, to me, like that's, yeah. you know. Like, I don't think it's like for her that the party is important. She really like doesn't do well when like someone says they're going to do one thing and then someone changes their mind. She, well, pff, welcome to life. Like, I know. No, I know. It's not, it's like, She's got to learn how to take those things and, like, take care of herself within it. Like, you have to be able to, like, lots of things bother me because of the way I grew up or whatever. But, like, I've learned to be like, oh, that's a thing that's bothering me because of this other thing. And it's not the reality of this present moment. And And I'm not going to use it to make my decisions about what's going on in the present moment. Like, follow through is great. I agree. But when it's something like a, a wedding, getting married... You don't have to do it just because you said you were going to. You have to do it if it's really the right thing to do. And if not, you don't have to say we're never going to do it. You could just say, right now, what's important is looking, putting the focus on our relationship. Totally. I mean, I think the other thing is that, like, she made a whole fuss about me, like, going back on my commitment. But, like, she's clearly asking all these questions. Mm -hmm. Like, is it right for us to make this commitment? So it's like... But then she's going, is it right? I don't know, but I want it. Like, it's this thing of, like, not wanting to take responsibility, even for those questions. I know, I know. So you're going to be the bad guy no matter what, just so you know. Great, can't wait. (laughs) And if you stay together, I would consider postponing, if you can. We're not, we cannot have this wedding. In eight weeks, no. I said this so, like, this is the frustrating thing, is, like, I heard myself say the same thing in, like, in just end of December early January so let me ask you this if so that was what like a month ago month and a half uh a month not from now wedding's one month away (laughs) that's say you're okay for the next month and then snowball snowball this happens again because once you're kind of in a rut it's like the same fight's gonna happen over and over again if you don't get to the source of it I just don't think like I should have stuck with my instinct that like there isn't enough time to like she can say all the right things when I like find like look it it did she did she said a lot of things and made like all of these big overtures when she really thought that I was like out yeah Yeah. and I think I wanted to believe in it yeah um and I still felt like how do I know how do I know if this is really gonna work out but she I followed the pressure and I went that route like I think it's become incredibly clear that, like, I can't just trust words. That, that words are, like, the feeling of that moment where, like, we're reconciling because right. she really got freaked out or really felt bad in that one moment because, like, then the next week the same thing happens again. Right. It's like, like, like it's so unfortunately, it takes a while to see if something has actually changed. Yeah. And one month or two months is not really enough when it's, like, a fundamental thing like this. You need more time. 
And you're not going to know. And you're especially not going to know if there's the added pressure on top of it. Of like, I need to know in the next two months. Like, I don't see how you could. I haven't bought my plane ticket yet, so... That was a good choice. <laughs> so many of my friends. I feel like people are going to be really mad. No, don't worry. People would so much rather... I know people who canceled it when they were getting married in London the weekend people were flying there. And they already were on their way. And they were like, we don't want to do it. And you know what? People who love you are going to be like, I'm really glad you didn't do something you didn't want to do. It's just hard because like, especially with starting my new job... People don't know me that well. And, like, one of the first things people learned about me is, like, I'm engaged on getting married in the spring. So, like, everyone asks. That's, like, they don't have that many touch points with me. So it's the thing people right. ask me about at work. Well, the next thing they can know about you is you're someone who doesn't do things you fucking don't want to do. It's just great. to please other people. I think it's so badass when people cancel their wedding. I really do. I've gotten, like, those notices in the mail that are like, we're actually canceling our wedding. And I'm like, good for fucking you. Because the worst thing you could do is go ahead with it to please 200 people you see never. So that you have a miserable life and then you have to deal with a divorce. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. And you're such a good single person too. I'm glad you feel that. You will have fun. I You'll have fun. fun. I do you're have a hottie patati. I have fun. I just like. I know. It doesn't sound fun right now. But it will be. I don't know. Half the time it sounds fun. Half the time it sounds not. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there not knowing what's going to happen. If anyone wants a little five foot tall, hot, blonde. <laughs> Rich, but she's not going to spend her money on you. Fierce, caretaking, haughty, cute, funny person who's learning to put her own needs first, which is just hot, and she's a lesbian. Let me know. I'm here. <laughs> Matchmaking. But if she gets married, I'll have to retract this statement. Good news, everyone. Alisa did not go through with the wedding. It was supposed to be last weekend. It did not happen. I never bought my plane ticket. Thank God, since this is all about me. I am so proud of her. She's doing amazing. She had a lovely dinner party at her home where I saw her and we drank all the champagne they had bought for their wedding. It was wonderful. She's doing great. They had some weird more things happen while they were splitting up about money that just proved even more that they shouldn't be together. I do always say that the way someone acts in a breakup or however the breakup goes down is usually a pretty good indicator of why you're breaking up. I will say that held true in this case without going into detail, but we are so happy for her. So my selling of her completely stands. Please hit me up if you want a powerful, feisty, wonderful lesbian woman who is learning to take care of herself and her own needs. And in addition to that, the dating tip, which you can probably guess from this episode, is when it comes to any major milestone in a relationship, whether it's deciding you're in a relationship, calling each other boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, or moving in together, or getting married, or even having babies, do not rush past major things that need to be worked out just to get to the milestone. Those things can wait. They will not be fixed once you've jumped to that, you know, meaningless goal that you're going after. You need to work on these things before you get to that point. If you have major questions and concerns, talk about them. I don't care if you've already planned your white wedding, invited your friends. I don't care if your lease is going to be up and you need to move in together. If someone's pressuring you, whatever it is, talk to each other. I was freaked out when my boyfriend and I were going to move in together because of experiences I had in the past. And I sat down with a list of things I wanted to talk about that were making me nervous. And once we talked about them and worked through them, I felt better. And of course, new concerns will always come up. And of course, as human beings and couples, we will evolve together. 
but the major concerns need to be taken care of. They cannot be brushed over or fixed by just jumping to the next major goal. Your friends and family will still love you. Your partner will still love you, hopefully. And if they're pushing you to hit a certain point, probably not the right person for you. So take your time, consider your own needs. Don't feel rushed. Don't worry about social media or invitations you already picked out. Everyone wants you to be happy. You should want yourself to be happy and you should put those other little goalposts on the back burner and move at your own pace. Thank you to Elisa for joining us and being open and vulnerable on what was a very crazy, intense day for her, and then allowing us to air all of this with all of its flaws and imperfections and information. So thank you to beautiful her, and please hit me up if you are interested. Thank you to my beautiful producer, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen. Thank you to all of you. Please rate and review us. That's fun, and thank you for making dating fun.